Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sides, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. And I got good news to report, so I'm excited we're going to talk about that. And it's not always the case from the state legislature, from the state capitol, but that certainly is the case today. I want to take more in detail about that because we're already halfway through the legislative session. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. A lot on the legislature these days, there's no doubt. And if you're watching on Facebook, share this post, put it in a group, like it. Let's get some really good traffic because we've got two great, great guests today. Our first guest on the show today is going to be Senator Angela Paxson. And hey, she's having a great week, so what a great time to have her on. She serves Senate District 8 from primarily the Collin County area from North Texas. She's in our, her second legislative session, been distinguishing herself well. Many people know that she is the wife of our Attorney General Ken Paxson, or we should say that his that the wife of the Attorney General of the state center. However, we want to term it. Uh, people have got familiar with her in really her great service to our state, before <laughs> that, working in education in the private and public atmosphere. And maybe her first time, maybe not. Maybe it's her her time back. Welcome back to the Texas Values Report, Senator Angela Paxson. Hey, it's great to be back, uh, back with you, and uh, appreciate seeing you again. We just saw each other yesterday. We did. We've been seeing a lot of you and your team this week over the past two weeks. And that's a good thing because you've been doing great work. And let's talk about this. Senator Angela Paxton is involved in and supporting and the author of very important legislative um, issues this session, pieces of legislation that are priority items from the lieutenant governor. And one of those that we're going to focus primarily on is Senate Bill 26. It's called the Freedom to Worship Act. And it makes it very clear that the government cannot force churches to close, particularly in places of worship to close, particularly during pandemic, disaster issues. And that's been so relevant after what we saw last session. So, and look, the thing is, when you deal with issues in government, we know that sometimes people are well-meaning, but we've got to have a consistent standard so government doesn't lose their way and start to restrict things. And that's what happened last year, though. We had government officials that not even from just the beginning, but for weeks and months, were in an effort to put pressure on churches, forcing them to close, threatening them with fines, threatening some of them with jail time. So it's important that we got Senate Bill 26, had a great hearing on it uh, a week or so ago. And then this week, the bill was scheduled for a floor vote, a full vote by the Texas Senate. And you were leading this effort so well um, on the floor with the debate and eventually the vote this week. Tell us a little bit about the legislation and what happened on the House, the Senate floor this week on your bill. Well, I guess the first thing you can notice about the bill is that it's number 26. Anything 31 or less means it was basically flagged as a priority bill by the Senate. And that's something that I really appreciate uh, from my colleagues. We passed this bill uh, with 28-2 vote, uh, meaning wide bipartisan support. And these were all members who were saying, yes, we believe that churches need to be able to meet without government um, interference. Government should not be able to shut churches down by executive order. And, uh, you know, we saw a lot of that during the last year. Um, you and I were talking a little earlier about how we're coming up on Easter. And it, we're all reminded of last Easter where so many churches were not able to meet. Yeah, and look, this is an important time. And look, the bill protects to all you know people of any faith but we know that there's such a large percentage of people, particularly in the state of Texas, that practice a Christian faith. When we come up on the issue of 
the timing of Easter. And for some people, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Some people go to church on Easter and they don't go any other time of the year. You'll hear them commenting on, on Christmas and Easter. And great, look, if that's, you know, the time of year people decide to focus a little bit more. But yeah, it came a little bit closer to home last year when we got to Easter. And you're thinking, really? I, or, you know, my church isn't holding service in person. And many of those reasons was because pastors and church leaders felt the weight and the fear of what the government might be doing. And some of that uh, government officials were saying that, that they were going to uh, enforce these things against churches. And some of them got creative, right? They had parking lot services for some government officials. That wasn't right. But getting together in a place of worship, in a location has so much value. I'm glad that that's behind us, but we don't want to forget that that happened. And so now we've got an ability to put a law in place that makes it clear, leaves no doubt. We ever find ourselves in a situation like this again, we know where the law stands. Well, we know where the law stands. And, and one of the important pieces of this legislation as well is that this legislation gives churches recourse. Um, if, a, if they are shut down by the government, it gives them the ability to, um, to get a remedy, basically. Yeah, they don't have to just sit there and allow this, um, this to happen if the government official doesn't want to respect the law that's in place, if they don't want to recognize it. And so, and look, I, you know, I've been through these scenarios before, Senator Paxson. We've seen it where churches have had to go to court. And I mentioned that in my testimony, the House and the Senate side. We'll go to court if we have to. But, but many of us would prefer not to. That's not where we want churches to be. We don't want religious leaders to have to go to court. It's good, though, if they have to, that they're going to have a law like Senate Bill 26 to back them up. And that's why it's important to get this thing finished. And it was great how you handled it on the floor. Getting that vote on the Senate is an important step. I think, too, um, the fact that churches have the ability to seek a legal remedy will cause government officials to think twice, mm -hmm. right? before they start doing things that have unintended consequences for churches. No, you're absolutely right. You know, we were wearing at the hearing uh, this week and in, in the House and last week, you know, it was interesting because on the Senate floor, and, and this happens sometimes. I mean, I just feel like it's God's hands, even though I get a little nervous when everything's happening, like in the same, but here yeah. I was with pastors, numerous pastors in House State Affairs Committee testifying in support of the House companion of this bill. And lo and behold, here was Senator Paxton on the Senate floor debating and discussing Senate Bill 26. So the House was hearing this version of this bill in committee while the Senate was taking it up for a full vote. And I'm kind of watching a bunch of different screens and we're kind of, you know, there's a little bit of um, nervous energy, but you handled yourself very well and you had people around you that were supporting you but it was a great moment for people to see this is important. Churches are essential. Making sure it's clear that way in law says something about where we are as a state. Well, and your your team was great support, um, helping us get ready for the bill, helping us garner support for people to call their representatives. Again, I mentioned this wasn't a Republican Democrat vote, and it shouldn't have been because we have Republicans and Democrats across the state of Texas that wanted to be able to go to church and want to make sure they have that right protected in the future. Well, you're right. Look, bipartisan vote, 28 to 2. That's a pretty strong statement on the Senate floor. Uh, every now and then, you know, y'all all kind of agree with each other. But sometimes when it's issues that get a little bit more attention, you can see that split or divide. 
but that was great. And to have almost unanimous support. And that also meant you could only not only do second reading, but third reading for those of us that know the legislative process even more in detail, right? That kind of uh, prevented you from having to go on the floor another day. You got it uh, settled right there in that moment in that time period. But I want to reflect back for a minute, right? We think about Easter coming up, getting together in person, being able to share our faith together, being able to have that experience, you know, it's very special. And, and to go through another year where that might have happened is very concerning. And we heard that testimony, such strong testimony even yesterday, people talking about, you know, being able to have those recovery groups, fighting addictions, having struggles in their family, you know, being able to get together. Uh, it just speaks to how important it is for society, for churches to be able to be open. I, I agree, Jonathan. And, and, you know, I think it's important for us to remind ourselves that what we're guaranteed in the Constitution isn't just the right to have a faith, it's to exercise our faith. Um, it's not just everyone can believe what they want. We have the right, the guaranteed constitutional right, to exercise our faith, to practice our faith. And in the Christian faith, that means gathering together. That means singing. That means praying together. And that's what we're protecting. Now, look, and, that, and that's, that's part of worshiping. Uh, a, a lot of those different activities. And so, and look, I, I gave this stat out, you know, that I found house hearing yesterday, there's estimated over 29,000 churches in the state. That's a lot, right? And that's a lot of government power. If the government, you know, in one stroke of a pen could shut down close to 30,000 churches in the state of Texas, too much power. Senate Bill 26 is a check on that power. It provides that accountability. As you mentioned, if there is some type of violation for there to be recourse but I do think it says something about our state. I, I really enjoy, too, the bipartisan aspect of it as well. And the opportunity for people to come. We're talking with Senator Angela Paxson. She is the author of Senate Bill 26, the Freedom to Worship Act. You mentioned it earlier, that low bill number under 21 signifies that it's a priority item from his office. We heard Governor Abbott say some very important things um, in his state of the state speech, not specifically referencing this bill. I don't know if we were even calling it then but talking about wanting to protect um, people's freedom to worship and not allow government to, to control that. I, I don't think it's um, you know, really an assumption to think the governors would be supportive of this as well. We've got one chamber on our, under our belt, so to speak. Now it's over to the House. I know you've got some colleagues over there as well, but I think we'll find that unifying support in the House as well. No, I, I think we will too. And, and you know, I, I don't want to miss opportunity to also talk about when we talk about the process of legislating. Um, this bill came to my office from a pastor that lives here in my district. And he was um, really concerned about not being able to meet. And he said, listen, we're, we're trying to do safe things in our congregation. We don't want right. people to be sick. We don't want the elderly people to be in, in, a, in a, a worse situation. We want to take care of people. And we're willing to do things to make sure that people feel safe. No, you're absolutely right. And it looks like we might have had a little audio or video um, issue there with Senator Paxton. We heard that in testimony. Trust the churches that they're going to approach this in a safe manner. And I don't think a lot of people have a problem with that, right? If there's some safety protocols, but allow the churches to make those decisions on their own. It doesn't mean you need to close them down uh, in, in order for um, to, to stop the spread. Exactly. And so, but you're right there. And many of us have made those adjustments. Okay. Um, we're willing to, you know, to adopt some safety measures, but don't, don't prevent us from getting together. And that's what your bill's about. It's great that we've got pastors 
And it doesn't surprise me, right? A pastor came to you and said, hey, this is a real problem. Can you come up with a solution? Yeah. And I, you know, I'm really, uh, I was proud of this pastor for engaging with me. And, and uh, he actually, his son-in-law was in the gallery yesterday when we um, passed the bill as long, along with um, some members of their congregation, which was really cool. Um, but but you're right. It, it really did say something that we were able to do the process all in one day. Typically, it takes at least a couple of days to pass a bill. But the fact that we were able to do the three votes um, all in one day was because the members agreed to do that. They all recognize this is important to the people of Texas. And I have to give another shout out to Representative Scott Sanford, who's carrying the bill in the House and was in committee, I believe, until like four this morning laying out his bill. And I'm super proud of him because number one, he's a pastor. Number two, he's my state representative. <laughs> That's right. No, it, and I will tell you, I've <laughs> witnessed it firsthand. He did a great job. A lot of people don't realize that he's an executive pastor of Cottonwood Creek Baptist Church right there in the Collin County area, right? Your, your state representative representing you yep. well and carrying the companion bill. He's got a great reputation mm -hmm. and relationship with house members. It matters so much. He had an issue come up with the city of McKinney dealing with how they wanted to restrict churches. So there are a lot of actual personal stories that speak to the need for a piece of legislation like this. And that's what you do in 140 days. And half of those days are already over. Senate Bill 26, the Freedom to Worship Act, has been approved by the Texas Senate. It's now headed over to the House. A little bit more work to do. But Senator Paxton, you did a great job. And probably not over on this bill just yet, even though it's moving over to the House. Uh, we want to see it through all the way to the end, but your leadership has been so key on this, and we're grateful for the hard work you're doing, and we're thankful that you got to spend some time with us today on the Texas Values Report. Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas, and look, there's a lot of things that we could be calling glorious at the end of this legislative session based on what happens in the next couple of weeks. It's looking like it's going to be an active couple of weeks here at the Capitol spring break. Uh, many of us did not take a break last week. We were getting down to work, and, and that's okay. Look, I'm happy if you caught your breath and took a little time to relax, but we had some great opportunities at the state legislature, and one of those is making sure we protect our religious freedoms in very specific ways. We know during the pandemic last year, a lot of churches were told by government, government officials, particularly local governments, they had to close their churches, and sometimes it wasn't just for a couple of weeks, it was long-term. And a lot of churches became concerned. At first, they thought, hey, we'll try to do what maybe is best. And But after a while, they realized that the way that they're able to serve their fellow man and their community and to be able to preach the word of God is to decide on their own when it's right for them to be open and not be punished or forced to by the government. And someone who knows a lot about this issue is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Representative Scott Sanford represents uh, North Texas District in primarily around the McKinney and Collin County area. Not only is he a state representative and has also passed meaningful pieces of legislation like the pastor protection law, he also is an executive pastor at Cottonwood Creek Baptist Church in the McKinney area. Representative Sanford, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Well, thank you, Jonathan. It's a privilege to be back with you. Well, it's always good to spend time with you, sir. We've uh, really had, I, I would say, the benefit of getting to interact and work with you for many years in your role at your church, but also as a state representative for the state of Texas. You've got an important bill that's having a hearing this week, House Bill 1239, being called the Freedom to Worship Act, which just makes it clear 
that places of worship can't be forced to close by the government, particularly in situations like a disaster or pandemic that we saw last year and continue to see. And, and some churches are still dealing with this in other parts of the country as well. I saw Maine is involved in litigation. We know California has. But we also know putting something specific in law will help churches deal with this issue. Tell us why this issue has become important. Yeah, th this issue is important because it uh, touches on a right that doesn't stem from government. It's a right that's endowed on us by our creator uh, to gather, to, to worship, uh, to worship uh, the creator himself. Uh, and that right that transcends the, the, uh, the government's role. Government's role is to protect those rights uh, and many others. So government in this case, during the pandemic and, and still to this day has uh, tried to uh, step outside of its bounds that, uh, it that it should have, that God has given it. And in those cases, it's up to uh, legislators or people, uh, the churches to step up and say, whoa, <laughs> you've gone a little bit too far. Uh, worshiping together, assembling together, freedom of practice of religion is uh, something that is, is a pathway to which government should only step into as to protect, uh, not as to limit. And, and well, no, you're absolutely right. We're talking with State Representative Scott Sanford. He is the author of House Bill 1239, being called the Freedom to Worship Act, which makes it clear that the government cannot force places of worship to close, particularly during pandemic or other disaster time periods. Those can be some of the most important times, Representative Sanford, for the church to be open and serve fellow man, serve their community, and be a place of refuge, a place of safety. We saw that during the uh, the, the freeze, the, the frozen weather, the ice storm, people looking for warming centers. A lot of churches played that role, if you will. But I know you had an issue in, in McKinney where you had even the local government last year coming up with some rules that were restrictive as well. I know that's been a part of the motivation and, and you know, having that experience only in your own district and seeing that the government stepped out of line and, and having a state law in place uh, could help, you know, an issue that sometimes is, is gray or cloudy to people be absolutely clear and black and white and something that'll be supported, not only supported, but followed statewide. And we know this bill is already getting support on the Senate side uh, by your colleague, Senator Angela Paxson. Absolutely. It's really interesting when a crisis happens, when there's stress put on any kind of situation, the true nature of things seem to become apparent. And through the crisis of the pandemic, especially in the early days, certainly was a stressor uh, on society and on culture. And so with that stress, we begin to see bubble up the true nature of uh, some political leaders. And unfortunately, uh, we saw that churches were at the top of the list in my hometown as to uh, as to groups to close. And thankfully, the governor stepped in and the attorney general stepped in and said, hey, you, no, <laughs> you can't quite uh, do that. You can't take those steps. Uh, but again, just think of all the services that a body of faith offers. It's not just the gathering for worship. It's helping those uh, with uh, mental issues, with uh, alcoholism, uh, marital strains, with parenting issues, economic and financial issues, and those real, those ministries were exacerbated, those, those issues were exacerbated during the pandemic, and therefore the ministry needed to be uh, free uh, to step up uh, to, to meet those challenges that, that the people were facing, and government uh, 
first of all, we're talking about the freedoms that they shouldn't impinge upon, but there's a level of wisdom of help that people will continue to need in times of crisis that they should be uh, encouraging instead of limiting. Well, you're absolutely right. And there was a survey that came out at the end of last year, a study that was done. And statistically, people that were able to attend religious services on a regular basis were doing better through their pandemic, whether it was related to mental health and issues of that nature than people who did not attend. So just an added reason why there's value for society But you're right. You know, look, you think about all the great things that the church does, how they respond, not only in disaster situations, but also on a day to day basis. There's a reason why people, you know, try to go or where services are held weekly. They're held frequently. There are some churches that they have parts of their church that are open 24 hours a day. If at any moment people want to go there and pray and be in a sacred place, they're able to do that. And and that freedom should exist. There's a reason it's in the First Amendment. But we also know, as you know, Representative Stanford, if it's not clear in state law, some people try to suggest, well, we're not really sure if that's how it's supposed to go. Well, we think the First Amendment applies this way. And even though your good friends, First Liberty and others will step up, you know, pastors shouldn't have to be worrying about that. Church leaders should not have to be worrying about that. They should be thinking about and being able to have the freedom to focus on what they do best, which is to serve their fellow man, and really be a beacon of hope in society. And I think that's a big reason why you've put House Bill 1239, the Freedom to Worship Act, out there as an important piece of legislation. And we know there's a hearing this week on it. It's going to get a lot of attention, but I think you're going to get a lot of support as well. Well, I I do too. And I uh, also hope that uh, this helps highlight the fact that uh, churches, uh, although being uh, pictured as uh, wild and frenzied, uh, you know, gathering places, potentially during a time of pandemic, probably actually the opposite. Uh, As pastors, we have the best interest of our people at heart, and we respect their uh, personal convictions. And I would think uh, you'd find churches uh, promoting uh, best practices uh, throughout. No, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's been my experience too, right? I mean, just because we want to get together and gather doesn't mean we also can't do it in a way that's safe. But being able to have that freedom to be in that place of worship, a building, a location where we can gather together has so much value. Uh, Tons of support on the Senate side. Actually, no one testified in opposition to the legislation on the Senate side, Senate Bill 26, the Freedom to Worship Act on the Senate side. It's going to be a great hearing this week in House State Affairs. Texas Values will be a part of that. We'll be there supporting Representative Scott Sanford. Representative Sanford, thank you again for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jonathan. Good to be with you all again. And look, I'm going to go about two or three more minutes before we wrap up, because next week, speaking of the Texas Senate, there could be some uh, also some other important bills. We think the heartbeat bill, Senate Bill 8, is going to be up for a vote by Senator Brian Hughes uh, on the Texas for the full Texas Senate to consider. Um, Senate Bill 9, the Human Life Protection Act, other pro-life bills could be up for votes, too, in the Texas Senate and want to get those bills over to the House. And we're going to see them start moving on the House side, too. And right now. Okay, Senate Bill 29 is being heard in Senate State Affairs. This is the Save Women Sports Bill, the version of that on the Senate side, if you want to support that issue. We don't think um, it takes away spots from women when biological men are competing in women's sports. Senate Bill 29 is a priority item by Senator, excuse me, by the Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. The bill is being carried and authored by our good friend, Senator Charles Perry. Members of our team are at the Capitol right now. I'm in the radio studio, okay? That's the benefit of having 12 members of our team at Texas Values. They're in the Capitol getting to ready to testify on these common sense pieces of legislation. 
And look, next week, it looks been a busy two or three weeks, but that's what happens when the issues you're working on start taking priority, which is great. We're not waiting till the end of the legislative session to get to these issues, which oftentimes has been the case. So, but that means our, I tell you what, our team has been working around the clock and it is no exaggeration. If you saw some of the committee hearings yesterday uh, on other issues, border security, election integrity, uh, second amendment, in addition to some of the work we do, those hearings went uh, through the night to the next morning. All right. But that's what you do when you care about these issues of faith, family, and freedom. You're there to make sure that they're protected. You've got to show up at those hearings. That's why our team is there. And look, you can come any time of day to go sign up on bills. We'll help you with those issues. We'll help you understand how to navigate things at the Capitol. That's what we do at Texas Values. And the reason I just mentioned about the level of our work is I just want people to know we're there around the clock when we need to, because that's the type of professional commitment we bring. And it's another reminder as we get towards the end of the month of why you might consider donating to Texas Values. We are a nonprofit organization. Go to txvalues.org. You can make your tax deductible donation today to support our work for faith, family, and freedom. Honestly, look, that's the only way to get these things done. And while having citizens come and testify, we couldn't do it without you. But when people support us financially, I do this work full-time. People ask me that sometimes. Is this your full-time job? Yes. Okay, it's actually more than full-time sometimes. You have to be in a full-time position to be able to stay on top of these things on a day-to-day basis for us to tell you what's going on and have you come to the Capitol a couple of days during the session. But we're there all 140 days of the session. That's how long it lasts going into May. And you got to have that type of commitment. You got to have professional people that can do it. People with law degrees like myself, like Mary Elizabeth Castle, Jonathan Covey, people that understand how to raise support like Joseph Walter, who people understand technology and communications. I could go down the list of the qualifications for our team. My point to you is this is the kind of effort and the kind of background and experience that you have to have in order to be effective on a day-to-day basis like we are. That's what you get at really a fraction of the cost, so to speak, for other entities. But we need your financial support. Go to txvalues.org, make a tax-deductible donation today. Our budget's about $1.5 million a year. We try to turn around and put those resources right back into our work, and it is happening right now. So much of our ability to protect our values happens during our state legislative session, which only meets every two years. So please consider supporting us right now, txvalues.org. Make that tax-deductible donation. Help us protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.